You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Well, we we continue our series this morning. Uh, We have been in Psalm 23, uh, known as the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Can I ask you a question? Is the Lord your shepherd today? Do you know him as your shepherd? Have you experienced his love and care? Let let us read it together and as we go through it this morning. We're up to verse 4 in our series. Verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What an incredible promise that we have from Psalm 23. Let me pray this morning. Father, we thank you for this incredible psalm, a reminder that no matter where we find ourselves, In the best place and the worst place, you are the shepherd that is with us. And we will learn today what it means to walk through those dark valleys, but recognizing that you never leave us. You're still with us, even in those moments. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Do you know there's some people here today? These are people I would call just slightly crazy. These are people that run for fun. Yeah, they, they, they put running shoes on. They go out the door, and they, and they run, and they call it fun. How many people think that's, that's awesome? How many people do not understand why anyone would want to run for fun? I, I ran because I wanted to get fit to play football, but to run for fun. And, and God bless you all, and, and I recognize there are verses in the Bible that, that talk about running the race. But if it's okay with you, I'm going to talk about a verse today that talks about walking walk. Notice it's called the Christian walk, not the Christian run. It's a bit of a marathon sometimes. Doesn't it feel like that? Life feels like that marathon, but we are called to walk. And we are talking about walking through dark valleys. Anyone experienced a dark valley before? Anybody in the middle of a dark valley brave enough to acknowledge that? Here's the reality. We've all been through a dark valley. We're either in the middle of a dark valley or at some point we'll walk through a dark valley. There is no escaping the dark valleys. And I don't know what your dark valley is. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's disappointment. Maybe it's betrayal. Maybe it's deep loss of a loved one or job or something within your physical body that has caused you to experience deep grief and pain. That is a reality for all of us. Following Jesus does not make our problems go away. But we are blessed because Jesus never leaves us. And we're going to discover that today. Here's what I've discovered on my 46 trips around the sun so far. Life is great and life is hard. Some days are better than others. (laughs) Today might be a good day. Today might be a bad day. I'll wake up and it might be one or the other. We, we, We actually can't necessarily plan what happens to us. There are some seasons where it feels like I'm on the top of a mountain with clear, fresh air, 
360 degree clear views. And then there are moments where I'm deep in a valley where I can't even see my hand in front of my face. Have you experienced that? Have you experienced the highs and lows of being what we would call a human? <laughs> life. We, we get a whole mixture, mixed bag when it comes to life. And in our journey so far, we've read of a shepherd who leads with purpose and intention. As I read this this week, it was so clear to me that the writer was speaking of a shepherd who leads with purpose and intention. So every verse, all six verses, speak of intention. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, which means he provides for me. He makes me like down in green pastures. He prepares pastures. He leads me by still waters. He, he restores my soul. There's an intention in the way the shepherd looks after his sheep. There's a wrong path and there's a right path. And we learned last week that he guides us along the, the right paths. So he says, this is the right path to take. Choose to go with me. But then we hit verse four. And it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And it almost feels as though in this part of it, God's abandoned us. If you read it wrong, you can look at this and go, I'm going through a dark valley and God, you didn't come with me. But actually, the very promise is there that in the dark valley, you are with me. We heard that sung so beautifully by Tim last week. I am not alone. In the deepest, darkest valley, I am not alone because you are with me. And your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Some rugby fans might be thinking that right now. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know the result. Green pastures, I don't know, I don't know. Anxious thoughts, fear of the future or the unknown, trials and pain, betrayal, deep sense of regret. These are the dark valleys many of us have faced and may be facing today. You know, when Jesus was sharing his last meal with his disciples, he spoke of the trials he was about to face. He says in John 16, 32 to 33, a time is coming. And in fact, it's come where you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. And then there comes this promise. I've told you these things so that in me you will have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Sorry, newsflash. <laughs> in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. We have a shepherd who has overcome the world. He did then. He does now. It's an eternal overcoming of the world. Now, no one in their right mind sees a dark valley and goes, hey, looks like fun. <laughs> hey, that, that looks like a really difficult season in my life. I can't wait to embrace that. Not many of us actually think that way. But what if we saw dark valleys differently? What, what, if, what if in the dark valley we're not saying, God, I, I wish you would get me out of this dark valley. What if in the dark valley, if if there's intention in every part of the rest of the psalm, is it possible that he also leads us in and through those dark valleys? Now that might mess with some of our theology, but I hope it messes in the right way. Because there's a part of the, the gospel that says that we're to take up our cross and to follow Jesus. Now there's nothing nice about the cross. Now we've got these nice little gold crosses and silver crosses that we put around our neck and maybe it's beautifully carved in wood and it's beautiful, but the, but the cross, the symbol of the cross is pain, it's loss, it's suffering. 
but surrender. That's exactly what Jesus did, and it's what we have to do too if we are truly followers of Jesus. So, you know, there is not a moment as you read this where the sheep are alone. Even though I walk through the darkest valleys, you are with me. I don't have to fear evil because you are with me. And there's a walk, there's a sense of belief and trust. I don't know, for me, dark valleys, I want to get out of it as quick as I can, right? So I'm probably going to run through a dark valley if I can. But the shepherd is saying, walk with me. Keep walking, keep moving. Sometimes a step is just half a step. And that's all we can do. And, and that's okay, and that's enough. But keep walking with the shepherd. Now we read in this that he gives us some tools, or he uses tools to help us, the rod and the staff common tools for a shepherd to use. Now, the rod is a, a, a big, blunt instrument, kind of used as a club. Now, this is not used on the sheep, okay? The rod is used for wild animals, those that would attack us. The shepherd protects us. When the wild animals come, the shepherd goes before and says, no, you're not touching my sheep. When we, when we trust our good shepherd, when we walk with our good shepherd, he will take care of the enemies, Sometimes we as a sheep just need to stand. Put the armor of God on, yes. We put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of peace. We pick up the shield of faith and we take the sword of the Spirit. And then it says at the end, and having done all of this, stand. And it's okay, sometimes we might stand until the shepherd says, now walk again and walk again. But will we trust that the shepherd is leading us? Then we've got the staff. The staff represents the concern and the compassion that a long-suffering and kind shepherd would have towards the sheep. The staff is a long, slender stick. It's anywhere from probably five foot to seven foot, maybe even longer for some. And, and many of them would have a, a crook on the end or a little hook. And it would be used for a number of different reasons, but only to guide and to manage the sheep, not to discipline. And so, so the shepherd would, would often use, if, if a newborn uh, lamb got away from or, or, or the, the mother moved and the lamb didn't come with them, would take the, 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 the hook of the staff and would scoop the lamb and, and, and move it back to the mother because of the, the, the hands or the smell, the scent of the, the shepherd was on the, on the lamb that the mother might not receive. So that, that staff was used to, to protect. Often when they would go through the narrow traverses, the the staff would just gently guide and, you know, just to just the edge, just, just don't go off the side there. Stay there. You ever felt that gentle nudge, that, that helpful nudge? Come on, any parents, you've walked with your kids alongside a road and, oh, just a moment, hold that run. That's what the staff does. It's like an extension of the hand of the shepherd. Just, 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 that's what God does. That's what our shepherd does. He, he guides us. He said, no, 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 not that path. Just, we're going to go that path. You know, we'll just, yeah, come in behind. Just, yes, okay, we've got this. We've got this together. Then the third thing, um, and this is, this is something that A. Philip Keller notes, is that often shepherds were seen walking with sheep that they, I know sheep are very hard to train. 
and we're the sheep, right? <laughs> Just a reminder or a refresher of the fact that we, we don't train very well. We could be better at it, right, if we would listen to the shepherd. But often they would, they would just rest the staff on the, on the back of, of the sheep as they're, as they're moving and guiding. Just, I'm with you. How many parents taught their child to, to ride a bike? You know, and as, as they're getting to that point where they're coming off the training wheels, they're like, don't take your hands off me. Don't take your hands off me. You know, Are you still with me, Dad? Are you still with me, Dad? And, and a hand's just there. It's just gently... Gently guiding, right? That's what God does with us too. That's what our good shepherd does. He, he allows us to learn and grow and sometimes fall and be caught. The amount of times where my children were learning and they, and they fell and I caught them just in time. Unfortunately, I'm not a perfect father. <laughs> so sometimes they fell. And you know what? Sometimes we fall and our shepherd helps us get back up again. But this tender scene shows that the psalmist wants to convey to us love and care. The shepherd is a tender and loving leader that only has our best interest at heart. Now remember Jesus, we talked in the first week, Jesus talked about the, the hired hands, those people that are paid to look after the sheep. Now the moment the wolf comes, the moment things get difficult, they're like, nah, but my pray great. You know, I'll walk away from that one, clocking out now. The shepherd never clocks out. The good shepherd stays with us even through the darkest valleys. The good shepherd knows you by name. And if you've surrendered your life to him, you will know the shepherd's voice and will gladly and safely follow him even through the darkest valleys. Friends, if the good shepherd knows that we need water, we need rest, we need good pasture, if he can pick the right path instead of the wrong path, is it possible that the good shepherd also wants to take us in and through dark valleys? As I said, I, I didn't grow much stronger except for the times when I went through the difficult things. And I want to share two personal stories of my good shepherd guiding me and Amy and I through difficult times. My chance to get a little bit vulnerable and raw with you, if that's okay. Because how have I learned to trust my shepherd in the darkest valley? Because I've gone through a couple. Now, I know my dark valley isn't like your dark valley. And this isn't about me comparing mine to yours. Because it could be easy to say, well, that's nothing compared to what I've walked through. And I wouldn't for, imagine, for a minute imagine to think that mine is. But this is my journey. This is my story. This is my testimony of learning to trust the good shepherd as he led and guided me. And here are the two things I've learned as I've walked through my valleys. Number one, in the valley, we hear the shepherd clearer. I don't know, you kind of lose some of your senses when you go into a dark place and all of a sudden your, your hearing improves. <laughs> Anyone notice that? You know, try to find the light switch in the dark. You know, we lose some of the senses that we take for granted, but I think in our dark places, sometimes our hearing improves. It certainly can. Some of you know that Amy and I, we struggled to have children. You know, when we were first married, um, we did everything we could not fall pregnant. <laughs> it's kind of laughable now. And then we went, great, wouldn't it be great to have a family? And so we thought we'd have a family like everybody else had a family, and it didn't happen. 
And at 25, I had no idea that I was about to enter one of the darkest valleys of my life. It was a long journey for us. Um, disappointment, grief, mourning the loss and, and not, not being able to understand why. And you know, we went through that, that challenge of, have uh, we done something wrong? You know, it's, what, what do we do? And, and for us, some of it was unexplained. There wasn't a, even a medical explanation as to why not. And sometimes those are harder. You know, sometimes when you know what it is, it's like, okay, that's what it is. I will accept that. But for us, we just didn't really know. And in my mind, I went through all the list of boxes. I'm a good person. I, th I think I've done everything right. Amy and I, we, we, we met and we got married and, and I've, I've followed Jesus. I've been, I've been to church every week and I, I went through all of these lists of the reasons why God should bless me with a child. If I can do more, if I can pray more, if, if, if I can just do more of these things, then, then God will surely give me my wish, right? I learned very quickly that that is not the way life works. And I did pray more, and I did fast more, and I, and I did read my Bible more. And that was a part of the dark valley that God was taking me through. Do you trust and do you follow me regardless? I, I remember we were, we were children's pastors in Botany, and... Uh, every every Sunday I come home and I find Amy weeping on her bed. She was looking after the under five ministry and, and there were children that were growing up and, and you know one, two, three, four, five years old from when we first started trying. So every week was just another reminder of another hundred kids that that was the promise that we thought we were going to get and we didn't. We weren't getting. So we were walking through that pain while still ministering. And I remember a, a speaker came and and I, I was wrestling, you know, this was one of the weeks I was really wrestling with God. Just tears, ugly, snotty wrestling with God. Anyone ever experienced that kind of, yeah, yeah, that stuff. And we're in that moment and the speaker came and this, this couple that have been 35, 40 years in ministry, weren't able to have kids themselves. They've become spiritual parents to, to many children, you know, pastors and leaders around the nations. And it was like, I, I, I felt like, is this us? Is this my calling that we'll never have kids of our own, and, but, but we'll be spiritual parents and we'll, we'll lead and we'll still, still lead kids? And, and in that moment, it was just this full surrender of, God, if this is it, I'm still following you. I'm still chasing you. I'm still going to give my life to you. It was like this full dedication. And, and it wasn't easy because it was, it was me giving up a dream in order to say, I'm following you. I'm trusting you. I will. This is it. This is me. Putting it down forever, I will follow you no matter what, even if I don't get my gift. And you know what happened next? Nothing. It wasn't one of those, and then you know, next month, yay, we're pregnant. I think it was another three years before we actually had children. It was God's word that led us and guided us to make decisions, even we we're in the middle of doing the IVF cycle or, or preparing to do it, and we were asked to move to Tauranga, and we would have had to get out of, out of line for that, and... And God spoke to us. I heard his voice so clearly through his word and we read his word and, we, and his word just went so deep in our hearts. It's like, we've got to move before we even get the promise. And so we did. We followed it. And I learned in the valley, the dark valley, that I can hear his voice clearer. Friends, if you're in a dark valley, would you listen? 
I know we, we lament. That's a part of what we do, and it's okay. It's okay to pour out all your thoughts. and it, It's prayer. I'll just let you in on a little clue. You can complain and moan to God all you like. It's called prayer. Just let it go. Speak it out. Let it come out of your mouth. Better out than in, I reckon. Just say, God, this is how I'm feeling. I'm having a horrific day. I feel like my life was worth nothing. Have those conversations with God. It's good. It's good to lament. It's actually okay. It's, it's, it's helpful. It's necessary. But then listen. You know, Job poured out his heart, and, and then God says, listen up. Listen up. I want to say something now. As we're going through the dark valley, will we still listen? Will we still listen? The other night at our Dream Team Appreciation Night, uh, as a dad was leaving, he let out a whistle, and you're here today. <laughs> it was just this, I don't know, I can't even remember what the whistle was, but it just, yeah, and everybody heard the whistle, but there were three heads that turned. And, and those three just moved, like immediately. What was it? It's a dad's whistle. It's a voice that we know, right? Garth's got a whistle that, uh, that the Collings kids have, have followed. Go on, give us, give us it. Yeah, so he, he calls the dog and, and the kids with that whistle. My dad the same. The whistle would, would shoot through and, and, and you know it. You know that voice. You know, you know that sound. It's the same with the voice. We know the shepherd's voice. And even in the deep, dark valleys, we can hear his voice clearer. Second thing, and as the team come this morning and I bring it to a close, in the valley, we become stronger. In the valley, we become stronger. In the trial, we become stronger. In the challenge, we become stronger. I've never grown stronger standing on top of a mountain, but I get a bit of strength climbing it. <laughs> I was talking to someone the other day, and they said, isn't it interesting that you know, we can spend 45 minutes climbing a mountain, and then we get to the top, and that's like, it's awesome, it's amazing, it's fantastic. Oh, now we're going to go down again. You know, take 45 minutes to climb a mountain, but, but you don't stay up there for 45 minutes. Generally, it's just like you kind of catch your breath and you're down again. It's like, why do we do this again? And life is full of that, isn't it? Climbing a mountain, stand on top of a mountain. Yay, this is awesome, but there's a mountain over there, but I'm going to have to go back down and probably through another valley in order to get to another mountain. And that's life. That's good. Because the valleys are a part of where the shepherd wants to lead us. Remember a time just after Josiah was born, Amy and I were trying to raise a family, lead a church. I guess we're still doing it, trying to, trying to do all of that. And I was struggling as a leader, probably early 30s, must have been 33, 34 maybe. And I wasn't making immoral decisions, I was just making immature decisions that you do when you're a little bit younger, and I still make dumb decisions, don't get me wrong, okay? You've probably, some of you experienced those, I'm sorry for that. I'll keep apologizing for those. But, but I, was, I was just making a, a lot of just bad decisions, just not really leading like I should. And if somebody in the church, someone I'd invested in, started to listen probably to the wrong voices and started to believe that that maybe they'd do a better job of leading the church than I would. And maybe they would have. Maybe, probably, I don't know. But, but it got messy. Lots of conversations going in behind and, you know, the outcome of it wasn't going to look good. 
there would have been probably two groups of people, one that would have maybe supported us, another potentially a church split could have taken place. It was around about that time I received a, an email from a loving congregation member. It wasn't a title, but I've, I've kind of named it the 21 reasons why I was failing as a pastor. It was one of those emails. Um, received that in our inbox on holiday, first day of holiday. Never check your emails on holiday, just, just saying. I, yeah, I, I was a mess. Looking at it, I kind of had three choices, really. I could uh, try and, and, and I mean, this is a couple that once alluded to the fact that their, their tithe alone paid for my salary. So um, it's like, wow, okay, you're right. Can't, can't contest that. But, you know, that's the weight and the pressure I kind of felt. And I could defend myself. I could prove myself. I could fight for my spot, my position. But you know what I've learned from sheep? <laughs> They're not really built for battle. They don't really come with a whole lot of natural weaponry. <laughs> I mean, they can put up a fight, that's right. But actually the, the best place a sheep can be when it comes to a battle is riding behind the shepherd. <laughs> riding surrender and submission to the shepherd. So I had a choice. Quit. And don't worry, I wrote my resignation letter a couple of times. Sat on my computer. I sat on the beach. Parked up at the beach and Papa Moore. Tears streaming down my face. Saying the church deserves better than me. I'm not the guy to lead us forward. I could go do anything else. Go write books, paint, paint pictures. <laughs> go find something else to do. Surely this isn't what I'm called to do. And then I could fight. I could, you know, all these accusations, I could build a case and fight for my, my position and say, you're wrong. And, or humble myself and grow and take whatever comes. So I was foolish enough or wise enough to say, okay, let's grow. And so I contacted our elders. Fortunately, the, this couple were kind enough to forward that email also to my elders, so they were aware of all of my failings. Um, <laughs> and I said, tell me the truth. Where am I failing? How much of this is true? And they went through it. It was a very painful experience for me. There were about five or six things on the list that were genuine failures as a leader. Not, not a moral, just, just genuine immaturity, made a mistake, didn't do it right, didn't get it right. I said, for these things, yeah. So we called a meeting. I didn't respond with an email. Well, my email was, hey, sounds like we need to talk. Let's talk. <laughs> so we talked, met together. And I said, I want to apologize because I got it wrong in these areas, these five, six things. I just came clean. I said, I got it wrong. I want to apologize and ask for your forgiveness. And I held it over to my elders and they said, the rest of these, we don't believe this is correct about Mike. We talked, we prayed, we asked for forgiveness of one another. They said, hey, we probably just went a bit over the top on our accusation. I said, yeah, maybe a little. But I forgave them and they became one of our most faithful followers and people alongside us in the journey. 
We've got a choice when we go through a dark valley. Let it break us, or we let it make us stronger. Now, I'm not a perfect leader. You'll, you'll never get the chance to sit under a perfect leader while I'm leading. But I, I think I'm growing in saying uh, I got it wrong, I messed up. I hope what you'll get from me is authenticity and, and integrity that says, this is what you got, and I'm just going to slot in behind the shepherd <laughs> as he leads us. And would we walk that journey together? You know, many of us have walked through a dark valley. Yours will be different to mine. But can I tell you, the shepherd is with you. The shepherd will lead and will guide you. Would you allow the, the staff to gently guide you back onto the right path? Would you listen for his voice in those dark valleys? Even right now, maybe some of you are going through a deep, dark valley. Would you listen to his voice as he leads you? But what's interesting is this is a psalm not for the lost sheep. You know, the lost sheep is the one that didn't make it back to the fold, the one that stayed out. This is actually a, a message I was talking with, with Matt Dodd the other day. And he said, this is, this is a psalm for the redeemed. This is those that have been found. And maybe you're here today and say, I don't know the voice of the, the good shepherd. You can today. You can in faith by recognizing that there is, a, there is a dark valley, the darkest valley that we would ever face is the valley of sin. We were created in God's image, that is true. Male and female, He created us. But we were born into a world that is corrupted by sin. And sin has the same effect on every single human being. It destroys us. You know, the world would want us to believe that, that sin is it's not a big deal. Just do whatever you like and it'll all work out okay in the end. No, sin destroys everything. Sin wrecked my life, your life. Has the potential to do it time and time again. And it's, it's kind of like we're, the dark valley that we go through, which is, which is sin, which we experience, it's, it's like trying to find our way out of a valley where we don't know the way out. It's impossible to find a way out. The only way that sin is dealt with is by a good shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep. And that's what Jesus did for you and me. Friends, he loves you. He made a way for you to be right with him by dying on the cross, giving his life so that you wouldn't be caught up and lost in that valley of sin. And right here, right now, I'd love to pray a prayer, inviting the good shepherd to be the one that would lead and guide us. And if you would pray this prayer, just simply surrendering your life to him, saying, I will follow you. I will turn from my old way of living and I will trust you with my life. If you would pray that prayer with me today, it would be an honor for me to pray. You can pray it in your own heart. We pray this together. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I don't deserve your mercy and yet you give it to me. Thank you for being the good shepherd that would give his life for his sheep. Today I choose to follow you. I turn from my old way of living. I ask you to forgive me. 
and I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.